You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into wilderness. And being forty days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when the days were after, when the days were ended, he was afterward hungered. Now this is interesting. Doesn't mean he was not hungry all, all through those forty days. Probably, the Bible says after the forty days he became hungry, because he fasted for four days without eating supernaturally. Elijah was fed also before he went to that fasting for forty days. Now, I've seen people trying to do this in the flesh, but that's not my focus today. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus fasted. Then, let's keep to verse uh, 16. And when he came to Nazareth, mm, or let's start from 13. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, they departed from him for a season. Anytime Satan, you overcome the devil, you don't overcome him uh, it does not depart permanently. It's going to come back again. So Jesus uh, won all the three temptations. He didn't fall for any. And the Bible says Satan departed from him for a while, for a season. Just for a short time. That means he came back. No one the Bible says later in the book of Hebrews that he was tempted at every point yet without sin. We have three temptations recorded in the Bible. But the Bible says he was tempted at every point in time yet without sin. That means Jesus was tempted with all manner of temptations. He was tempted with women, tempted with money, with everything. But only three were recorded in the Bible. Hallelujah. All right. You know, Jesus was a very handsome man when he was on earth. And he operated between the 30 and 33. Yeah. So he was a young man. So he was tempted. But the Bible says, yet without sin. If he wasn't tempted with all the temptations that we face now, he wouldn't be qualified to be called our high priest. Praise the Lord. Yes. The Bible says he's able to help those who are weak, who are being tempted because he himself. So are you being tempted this morning? You don't have to fall. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. Now, so Satan finished with him. And verse 14, he returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And then his fame went abroad. And then he taught in the synagogue, verse 16, verse 15. 16 now says, He came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue. Everybody say number one. He went to the synagogue. Now, and on the Sabbath day, of course Saturday, dead, but now Sunday, stood up to read, and there was delivered to him a book of the prophet Isaiah, that Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found a place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. That's Isaiah 61, verse 20. And he closed the book and he gave it, and then everybody was looking at him. Mm. And he began to say, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. This morning, for the two services, I want to speak about what is called the scripts. We have been talking about God's purpose. We started from Jeremiah when God said to him that before I formed thee, I knew thee. 
God said to a butterman, before I created you, I already, I knew you before I formed thee. In other words, two things you can get from there. Number one, God will never form anybody without a purpose. And the purpose are already done before your formation. So the way God works, he creates creeds, he creates roles, he creates assignments. And then he goes back to create somebody who will fit into that role, who will play that script. Hallelujah. And the reason why I can do this is, God is the only one who can live in the past, present, and the future together. As far as God is concerned, there is no past and there is no future. That's why it's called the Alpha and the Omega. When they appeared to John Revelation chapter 1, he said one of the introductions, as John turned and he saw seven candlesticks, and he saw the Son of Man shining with the brightness, brighter than the sun. If you see Jesus, someone I know was reading his Bible on the bed, and the master walked in. He said the first thing he noticed was that the horse, the corridor, announced his presence. You will suddenly realize that when Jesus comes to your room, everything can live. Everything comes alive. Your rug will come alive. Because himself is an embodiment of life. He is life himself. Whenever he comes to life, we just surge out of everything. When he came, he had not entered fully. The guy landed on his head from the bed to the floor and he was not injured. If you worship God and his presence descends, the most likely thing is that you are going to fall on your face. When the king stands, nobody stands. <laughs> Hallelujah. Of course, I might speak about this second service. It is possible at times that the glory is, uh, is deemed so that natural man can handle it. For instance, angels can appear to you in their brilliance or they can appear to you like a mere man. Now, what of if I tell some of you that many of you have seen angels before, but you don't know? Second time we go to Hebrews chapter 13. Because we were looking for somebody with wings. <laughs> Most of the angels in Old Testament that appeared to people never were, they did not have wings. The ones with wings are mostly in heaven. That's what the Bible said that do not forget to entertain strangers. Hebrews 13. For some have entertained angels. If they look like angels, the Bible will not say they have entertained angels unawares. If they look like angels, you would have entertained them with awareness. So when they came to announce the birth of Samson to the mother, it didn't look like, in fact, it was when it disappeared that the mom saw. The one that came to talk to Gideon and said, oh, mighty man, Gideon first started by arguing with the guy. He thought he was an elder. <laughs> After resurrection, Jesus appeared. Mary thought he was a gardener. He said, where have you kept my master? Until he called her name and said, Mary. And then the guy turned. She turned. Are you, are you with me? Anyway, so he appeared to John in Revelation. And one of the introductions he gave, and this is very important. Let's read this and I will ask you to sit down. John 1, I think that's verse 7 or so. It's, it's good that we pay attention to this thing. Came to bear witness. No, no. Sorry, Revelation 1-7, not John. Revelation 1-7, thank you. Yeah, I was talking to John, but it's in Revelation. Revelation. Ah, behold, the covenant clouds, those, all, all the creators of the earth 
shall see him. Amen. I want where he introduce himself. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Now, the beginning and the end. Now, the next word is very important. Look at how he said it. The Lord which is, which was, and which is to come. If you were to arrange as a mortal man, you will start with the one that was, that is, and that is to come. But Jesus started with the one that is. Because now faith is. If you don't know him as he is, you cannot know the past and the future. Because the fact that he is, he combines the past and the future together. So as he is, he controls what and is to come. Am I? You see, your future, your past, will make sense. Are you with me? The understanding of boss and of is to come begins from understanding of is the one that is then the one that was so when Moses met him it was Moses when he had an encounter with God that was when he now wrote the first book of Moses the first five book Genesis Moses wrote Genesis Exodus he was not there when God created Adam he was not there when the flood of Noah happened but he understood by revelation because he met Jehovah when he says, show me your glory, in Exodus 33, and God said that, ah, Moses, you are asking for what is reserved for New Testament. You are not born again, so your spirit does not have the capacity to carry me. But God said, we can make an arrangement. We can help you ahead of time. We can use a method, a technology, that even though you are in the Old Testament, you can let you see a bit and have a peep into the New Testament. He said, this is how we are going to do it. There is a rock by my side. I'm going to split the rock open and put it inside the rock. From inside the rock, you can see my back. At least you can see that one. And remember, the Bible said that they drank from the supernatural rock that followed them. First Corinthians chapter 10. And that rock was Christ. What God did for Moses was that Jesus was here to go to the cross physically. He said, but I will help you. You can only see me in Christ as you should see me. Now, Christ is here to come. So I will create a rock, a prototype of Christ. Inside the rock, that means if any man be in Christ, you can see me. But because you are at the Old Testament level, you'll see my back, not my front. But for us, the Bible says, we all with an unveiled faces, beholding the face of God, not the back of God, not the back of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So God just helped Moses temporarily. This is important. Amen. Amen. He said, for no man shall see me and live. That glory cannot be, uh, you can't enter into it, Old Testament. He said, Moses, you have to wait. It's not given, it's not given to you for you to experience me at that level. You are under the Old Testament. Why? The blood of the Lamb is yet to be shed. Now, this is the interesting thing. This is why I said that God lives in the past, present, and the future together. The Bible said the Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the earth. Yet, Jesus was crucified physically about 2,000 years ago. That means Jesus was crucified billions of years ago, but it manifested just about 2,000 years ago. Are you getting what I'm saying? As far as God is concerned, the Lamb of God was not crucified 2,000 years Okay, let me not go into that. If somebody will be, just understand that Jehovah lives in all those three realms together. Yes, Hallelujah. So now, your future, to you is a future. To God is what has happened. And what is happening at the same time, what will happen. Did you get that? <laughs> Hallelujah. 
God is like somebody watching a movie. You have seen the end. You've seen the entire movie. Then you rewind to start. What did not happen when you saw it the first time cannot happen now. Because it's the same movie. Except the ideas have tampered with the videotape. <laughs> That's where you will see 45th minute into the movie, something that happens like you're watching a match. And then Chelsea scored 35th minute, was 3-0 against Arsenal. And 41st minute, they scored the fourth goal. And then you want to watch replay on YouTube. And it is 41st minute, no goal. <laughs> then the spirits that be have intervened. Because normally, you've just seen the match. Now you're watching the replay. The replay has to be the exact thing that you saw when you won the live match. That's why the Bible said, no, no, to God that all his works before the foundation of the earth. So now, I just want to get something across to you. The first thing, Jesus came in that Luke chapter 4. And then after fasting and prayer, after an encounter with Lucifer, he came to the temple and the Bible says a book was given to him. The script is always in the book. The script is always in the book. And Jesus opened the book and he found a place. Number one, even though the script is written, not all scripts are for you. You must find your part in the script. And Jesus found it after fasting and praying. Because in the scripts, there are all kinds of roles. <laughs> One day I read something and it shocked me. Even the wicked people have a role. Some people, there are wicked men that God will not destroy because they have a role to play. You see, I, I'm going <laughs> so. There is a system that God has that he uses to regulate the world. For instance, if a widow's son is killed unjustly and the mother begins to sob, and God says that vengeance will be given to the person who killed that widow, widow, widow's son, there are people who are not Christians who are going to kill that guy. Did you get what I'm saying? It's a system of justice. You are a Christian, you can't do that. <laughs> if the wicked will be repaid back, somebody has to be there to pay him back. But a good man cannot be the one that will pay him. <laughs> That's what the Bible says that even the wicked is reserved by God. Did you get what I'm saying? Now, in Romans chapter, chapter 9, this is deep. God said concerning Pharaoh, he said, I raised you for that purpose so that I will magnify my power because I wanted to demonstrate so many signs. I need a stubborn man that will not yield on time. If you were Pharaoh, after the first plague, you would have given up. But God didn't need that kind of man. That script has to be played by a stubborn fellow. When you see some very stubborn... <laughs> Jesus said, are you following me? Jesus said, of all you've given me, I've lost none except the son of prediction. He said, what, it, it was written in the book of Psalm that the same one that was eating bread with me has turned against me. That was a scripture reserved for somebody and Judas walked into it. Now, what I want to say this morning that I might go with second service the father, there are two types of things in the script. There are scripts that are open, general scripts, and there are specific scripts. In other words, 
there are roles that are free for all to play. And there are roles that are specifically chosen for some people. Or some people specifically chosen for certain roles. So there are general roles and there are specific roles. For instance, God appeared to Saul. Or Samuel told him that you are going to be king. That's a specific role. Not everybody will become a king. Now, Jesus appeared to Apostle Paul. And when Paul was talking about the experience in Acts chapter 26, he started from verse 18. And he said, The Lord said to me that stand on your feet, for I have appeared unto you for this purpose, to make you both a minister and a witness of the things you have seen and things I will yet show you. And he said that I deliver you from the people to whom I'm now sending you, that you might turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God, that they might obtain forgiveness of sin. And so on. That was what Jesus said when he appeared to Apostle Saul, Saul, who became Paul on the way, as he was going to Damascus to arrest people. Jesus appeared to him and told him those words. Now, Jesus will not call, when it comes to calling like an apostle, an evangelist, rose as a king. Uh, they are specifically designed for certain people who are called into it. Now, there are general scripts like, this sign shall follow them that believe. In my name, I never saw anywhere where Judas' name was written as the one to betray Jesus. Judas chose that role by consistently behaving in a certain way. When I check the way you are behaving, I can tell you the script you are walking into. The Bible says, Jesus said, go give money to the poor. A woman came and she was pouring oil at the feet of Jesus and whipping it with her, uh, her hair. And Judas was the one that said that, ah, mm, I wish they, they should have sold this more, uh, money. They should, have given, they should have sold this oil. They should have given it to the poor. And the Bible said that he said that because he was a thief. And they used to steal from the back. You know, Judas still has disciples on that today. When the church builds a cathedral, all those buildings they are building, they will not remember the poor. He doesn't care about the poor. It is just beef for the church. When you hear someone talk like that, it is Judas talking through them. They are disciples, disciples and descendants of Judas. And we have many of them in Nigeria nowadays. They, draw, they drive by their parlor. They don't see anything. It is when they see people giving a church that they think it's a waste. That was what happened to Judas. He felt that this pep, they are pouring it on Jesus. Why are they wasting? They should have given it to the poor. There was no record that he ever gave to the poor. I have searched social media times without number. Most people will shout. See, those who give to the poor are always quiet. Those who talk, anytime they see a child do something, they don't remember. Who says, doesn't mean that when a child builds a play, that now means that they don't have anything to give to the poor. Stupid way of thinking. If you have 10 billion and you give 5 billion to the poor, 5 billion, you see how 5 billion to build an edifice that will intimidate people. Did you hear what I've just said? So somebody using an exotic car, the guy is 70 million naira. Are you sure that he has not given the poor 100 million? Are you saying that he should become poor himself to now show you that he's giving to the poor? So a guy has 1 billion. He takes out 700 million and he gives to the poor. He still has 300 million naira. With 300 million, I can still buy 10 jeeps. Now you see the jeep and be like, all these people, they won't remember. Who says he does not remember the poor? I get what I'm saying. So Judas started, the way he was acting around money, he was working himself into that general script. It was an open-ended script. So he did not have to be Judas, but he chose the role. Hallelujah. Amen. If you are 10 friends, somebody will become a traitor among you, but it's somebody. 
Anybody can choose that role. <laughs> Didn't you hear what I just said? When a marriage is about to scatter, there might be a voice of the third party. It can be anybody. It's a choice. It's a choice. Prophecies have been given, but there's no name attached to them. Mm. Are, you, are you following me? So, this, this specific one, not everybody will be called the way Samuel was called. Not everybody will be called the way Jeremiah was called. Not everybody will have a dream of the future. Everybody bound to like Joseph did. There are selected people that that will happen to. But for the rest of the people. Now, this is the important thing I want to get to. And I won't have time to elaborate much on it today. As you follow sincerely the general scripts, you are likely to qualify you. You are likely to be called into something specific. For instance, the Bible says, Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel. I have discovered that when a person becomes diligent in sharing the gospel with people, it's likely you will have an encounter with God that will upgrade you to another level. The script that says go into all the world is a general script. Anybody can wake up in the morning, any Christian, and go and win souls. I have discovered that's why I'm going to talk about entertaining angels, part of what I want to, I intend to say, second service. When you are given to two things, prayer and service, those are the two keys. Now, I will emphasize the praying aspect today. Jesus saw his role in the book because he was just coming from the place of prayer. When you start praying, it's like that eternal plan of God. Oh, Casus. All of us here, we have many things that God intends to do with our lives. It is possible to die and never even enter chapter 1 of the assignment prepared for you. I said that last week. And you know what? That will happen to more than 80% of the entire world. Only 5% in every generation will make a significant impact and dictate the pace and give a direction to the rest of the 95%. Because only 5% will actually get to know for which cause they have come into this world fully. Others might understand in parts, but it is given to believers to have opportunity to understand. Now, it's like a map that is written inside, written inside you, but the map is actually blurred uh, by circumstances or the map is coded. When you start praying, it's like pouring a liquid that will cause the map, the traces to start showing. That is what happens when people begin to pray. Prayer does not bring a new role into your life. Prayer begins to shed light on the road that you have been given to play. They don't get what I said now. This is the reason why at times there is delay with some Christians. God held back Samuel because if Samuel came the second year, Anna got married. Anna would have kept him at home. Anna wouldn't let him be a priest and Samuel wouldn't become a priest that God wanted him to be. So Anna received Samuel after much prayer. And one day, an utterance came out of her mouth that if you give me a son, I will give him back to you. And God said, that's exactly what we'll be waiting for. I plan to bring a son through you. But I need you to understand that this son is not meant to live between the house. Only when you pray to a certain level can you get to understand this. If you don't, you will keep the boy at home to show Penina that you two have a son. And then divine purpose will be aborted. If God is going to send you 
especially if you belong to the second one, specific role, special roles, and you have something very serious to do in UK, they will bounce you like basketball at the embassy until you are forced to pray. And in the place of prayer, you understand that you are not going to UK to join your friends there. There is an eternal purpose. They don't get that. That was why Paul, first of all, became blind before he could see. In other words, God was showing him that, see, you are blind. You have been going wrong way. Let's help you out. So Jesus prayed. So your parts are written. Okay, let's read Psalm 40 verse 7. All your parts are written in the book. But it is as you pray. Then said, I, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. Something is written of everybody watching me. Something is written. And the more precious it is, the more God will not let you go until you understand it. If there is a child that will lead righteousness across the nations of the earth, that will take the world to another level in understanding the plan of God, and you are destined to be that child's parent, it will not just come like that. Until you understand certain things, there will not be a release. Did you get what I've just said? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The more you give yourself to prayer, the more certain scriptures will make sense to you and come alive to you. God leads in two ways, or many other ways, but He manifests in two ways. He can speak to you, or He might not speak to you. He can guide you into what is right. You just discover that somehow you are always moving towards what you should move towards. There might not be a voice. The day David killed Goliath, there was no voice. Listen to me. To be thinking that great things will happen in your life only when you see a vision is to rob yourself of what God will do through you. You keep praying and do your part. I will talk about the service next part. But you see, we walk into these things by being people of prayer and then being ready to serve people. There is something coded in service that gets you the day Joseph was going to enter into destiny. Then his brother decided to sell him. He, had, he went to give them food. He was serving. The father sent him to go and give them food. The day David killed Goliath, all he was going to do was to care for his brother. Check what you do with your brethren. It is actually one of the fastest routes into you entering into what you are called to do. Brethren around you. This is why a church is the best place for people to begin to test their area of calling by serving. I feel sorry for people who are not members, so you are not a worker in any church. You are not. There are things you will never discover until you start trying your hands on some things. When we talk about divine plan, it is not every time God will just appear to us and say, this is what I've called you to do. Some you will discover as you serve with other people. You will tell that I feel, I feel I'm always pulled more towards this. And I told you, Regardless of how God reveals his plan to you, one method is not bigger than another. There are people that Jesus will never appear to, angels will never appear to, yet they will do great things on earth than those people who have seen those revelations. Let me hear what I've just said. This is very important. You are not a worker. I'm talking to those who are here and those who are watching me, wherever church you attend. You are not a worker. You are not anything. You are missing out. You know, all over the world, I believe the glory 
of Christianity. What God has promised, we see the manifestation when we play this game, the way we are called to play it. 80% of Christians across the world don't go for midweek service. 70% of Christians across the world are not workers in their church. They go to church on Sunday, they sit down, they listen to the message, and they go back. You cannot get the best from God if you do things. You can't get the best from any device. Many of you use devices at home and everywhere. If you use it the way you are told not to use it, we practice Christianity the way we are told not to practice it. It is true. Number one assignment of every Christian is to win souls, and that's what most Christians don't do. One day, a generation will arise and do this and discover that when God says yes, it means yes. When God says, I will multiply you, he is serious about it. It is our own seriousness that cost us many times because we don't follow the plan as it should be. Let me ask you a question now. There might be maybe 20% of people that are here that sincerely on Wednesday, the distance between this place and your place of work, there's no way you will make it. But there are many other people. Wednesday is not just part of, it's not part of your plan. You believe that you should come to church on Sunday, but you have removed Wednesday from your plan. And the, like even your guiding angel, they are wondering what is wrong with you. It's just enjoy you have taken by yourself. Once it is anything outside Sunday, you are not there. And then you sit back. And it's as if everyone to sit and they are watching you. When you are ready, we are ready. And remember, he is ancient of this. He lives forever. You are the one who has time. <laughs> you are the one who has one that time. You, are going, you will soon be 70. And when God puts a plan, we'll talk about this. I'm going to look at aborted plan many times. People say when God plans something, it must come to pass. It's not true. You see, one day I will teach on Adamic power. How power man, man can be. Man can hinder or speed up God's plan. It is true. When you see Jesus face to face and you ask him that when will the Antichrist show up, he won't tell you the particular date. What else will tell you the Antichrist will come? It depends on the church. When the church is weak, you hasten the coming of Antichrist. If the church is strong, you, it is possible for Antichrist not to show up till all of us here will leave this world and go to heaven. If the church rises and more souls are one and then complacency in the church, deception and all kinds of gimmick to extort people, by the time we continue, you have any ministers, even sleeping church members and all those things, by the time you do that, apostasy will set in, darkness will come and Antichrist will be welcome. Open and dead. So the things about God, it will always depend on man. It is true. A generation can reject God and God will have no choice. You see, a lot of Christians will make noise on you. I don't even know the Bible. God can be rejected. Emphatically, yes. Now, I'm not talking about politics. I'm just saying God can be rejected. When they came to Samuel and said, we want a king, God was sorry. He told Samuel, he said, no be you they reject. It's me. That's God talking to Samuel. He said that, so they don't want me as their king anymore. Samuel said, yes. I said, no problem. Give them a king. He said, but tell them, king will oppress them well. They say, yes. This king will do this. Yes. They say, well. So, who says when something is God's will in your life to come to pass automatically? I can frustrate the will of God. God tells me to go to UK today and I say, I'm not going there. Nothing God will do. Land me in UK. So, man can frustrate God's plan. God can say to someone that this is your wife. If I say, I don't want that girl, there's nothing God will do. Power will not come down from heaven and dress me in suits and I'll just land at the altar and the lady will land beside me and God will say, I now force you. She's your wife. Whether you like it or not. It doesn't happen that way. 
God will just arrange for that lady another person. Oh, I read the scripture one day that shook me. The potter and the clay. I have never ceased to ask questions from that time. God told Jeremiah to go to the potter's house. And he saw the potter making something. Child, the pot broke in his hand. The pot broke. He wanted to make it like a, pot, a particular shape before. When it broke, he remolded it and turned it to something else. And when Jeremiah finished it, God said that, I am the potter, you are the clay. Does it mean that some plants break in God's hand? Let's keep quiet. But it's there for you to read in the Bible. So check prophecies very well and see how many times God regretted the Bible that I said, he said to Eli, he said, I plan to make you and your family priests forever. I said, but now, far be it unto me. Your sons are stealing offering and sleeping with men, women in the temple. He said that error. I said, I will raise another priest. He said, what I swore to your grandpa was that your generation will be priests forever. I said, but now I have changed my mind. Yeah, the Bible says God is not a man that should, not a son of man that should repent. But on two occasions, the Bible he repented. He said to Moses one day, I'm going to destroy these people. He was angry with the Israelites. He said, I'm going to wipe them. And Moses said, ah, Oga. <laughs> he said, when the Egyptians here, they will say that when you were not able to take them to promised land, so you killed them. And he said, God, please, don't be angry like this. When Moses, the Bible says, and God repented. Ah, he said, Moses, you fall my hand. <laughs> he said, no problem. He said, but tell them, when I come back, they go still chop out. He said, but I'm not, at least I won't destroy them again. He said, but I will find a way to punish them. Moses stood. Ah! Go see, yeah. Sometimes you need someone like Moses in your life. You see, if you are the only one praying for yourself, your journey will be tough in life. Sometimes, do you know I sit down for three, four hours without standing or praying at times? And some pictures of people in the church pop up before me, and I'll be praying for them. Some other people don't, but I don't even know some other people. I, I don't have to know everybody, of course. If you pray in the spirit, you pray for everybody generally. But you see, it's as if those that you see regularly, those that are arranging things, who do things in the house, your prayer is poured more on them. I don't know. I'm just saying that it feels like that. Can I say this today? Sometimes I speak prophetically, you see, because I don't tell you that I saw this, I saw that in a vision. shouldn't make you take less what I tell you. If you are hearing me and you have not been coming for midweek service and it's not because you walk till 7, 8 o'clock from this way they be in church. Stop it. It's not going to help you. Saturday morning we pray. Join. Do you know most Friday nights, most Friday nights, 90% of Friday nights, every week I do vigil. I sleep for a very short time between Friday and Saturday. Most times, one hour, two hours. Yet, I'm here seven o'clock to join them in prayer. This man said that many times, when you call for things like prayer, those who are already rich spiritually are the people who show up. Those who need it most, they are not around. Unless some Christians have not told God exactly what they really want. They just want God to do something. There is a pattern. God wants you to grow spiritually so that you can undo things yourself. It is important. There's no prayer meeting they do in this church that you don't see me attending. 
no matter how many hours I prayed for, when they are praying, I join. I know Satan hates me so much, and I hate him also. And you have to be very smart and invest time in prayer. On Wednesday, it was Pastor Abilene that taught, and I was here. I enjoyed the message. This is very important. Two Wednesdays ago, I was at Redemption Camp. I just got here in the morning. I, we were planning for service around 12. The body to pray was loud. I said, this environment doesn't look like where I want. I said, I just want to be alone where I can take a long walk for six hours, not talk to anybody, and just be praying. And in the night when I finished praying, I still watch his message here on Wednesday. It's important that we understand this thing. You see, because God is a father, just like you will not give the key to your car, to a, your, your seven-year-old boy to be driving the car. You don't want to kill the boy. There are people watching me. Heaven will not show you exactly what you are called to because you are far from it. Your capacity is so low that if they let you know now, they will destroy you. It is true. Moses was just giving a hint that he was supposed to deliver the people and he killed one Egyptian. And he had to delay divine plan for 40 years. If you check very well, God said to Abraham that by 400 years, after 400 years, I'll visit your people. By the time they were living in Egypt, it was about 430 years, 30 years extra. I believe it must have been as a result of the 40 years of Moses wandering away before he was called again. He did not have an encounter robust enough with God and he wanted to deliver the people, so he killed somebody. When he was sent into silence for 40 years, by the time he came by, he understood that things are not done in fact, they are done by the spirits. It is true. If you are the type I mentioned that your, your own is a special calling, you don't know it yet, God wants you to be there that will stabilize a whole state. Maybe like Joseph, you are going to work with a governor or you are going to be the governor yourself. And you are saying, man, God will just say, we don't want to produce another person who will go and embarrass Jesus by joining them to embezzle money. Because your route is very short. So they won't even bother to tell you so that what you don't know will not kill you. So there are people going on. Jeremiah too was shocked. He was just like every other person. They want the head before I formed you, I knew thee. His mother didn't tell him. Nobody had a clue. The fact that you were not told that you were a great person when you were born does not mean you are not one. Did you get what I've just said? Prayer. Service. I will talk about service. I will prayer. No, wherever a Christian is, choose to serve. You are going to find purpose as you do. What of if David, do you always think about this man? If David said to the father that day that I'm not going to give my brother food, do you know he would have missed an opportunity to be Goliath? And David can live up to 50 years and continue to roam around with the sheep. And not knowing that, he was 17 then, not knowing that 43 years ago, an arrangement was made for me to just bring that one stone short and my name will be known everywhere. It doesn't take God much. Sometimes there is one move you are supposed to make that changes everything. But God looks at you and he says, you are not ready. There are my people watching me now. By the time you write your script and you do a movie, it sits over the nation. That is what everybody is talking about. But right now, God looks at you. You are not drawing near for them to whisper into your ear what they have made you for. Before I formed you, I knew you. For what? And God looking at you that, dear, I created a role. I now formed you. But I can't place you on it now because you are far from it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Oh, we give you praise. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Lift up your hands when you see that. Just pray for you. Can you just say, Lord, open my eyes? Can you imagine I am just strolling up and down, enjoying life, yet so much is written concerning me, so much is planned for me. We worship you. You walk in an office, you go every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, fantastic. What about if you discover? And you suddenly discover that generations are tied to you, you, you. But right now you have no clue. What if you get to know of a greater purpose in your marriage? What if you get to know that even the man you are married to is much more than what you think? Or the wife you are married to? But you just live every day, you wake up, you eat bread and snack, you just think, but everyone is calling that, no, 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 that was not what the role we made. And then I am praying for somebody. And you begin to walk out the wrong role. You are following a step. Like Judas, like Pharaoh. It's like this road you are beginning to get into will land in trouble. Hallelujah. So Thank you, Lord Jesus. So Kalabarakatusea. Let's rise. Hallelujah. There, is, there are vessels unto honor and there are vessels unto rocks. Romans 9.17, Romans 9.22. Interestingly, they are both vessels in the house of God. When Noah is naked, God is not proud of a naked Noah. So somebody must expose him. But I don't like playing that kind of role. When you are a king, a king, a whip, you are just as useful as just in the time of anger. After that, you are thrown away. If a general overseas, a pastor, or somebody is misbehaving, somebody must expose him. I don't want to play that role. You expose him because he's transgressing against God. But you that you are playing that role, something will happen to you also. Because you are a king. After beating somebody with a king, you throw away a king. It's as useful as that moment. We can choose the role we want to play. When the enemy sees a church that is united together, he's going to use somebody to try to tear that unity. But it doesn't have to be you. Do you get what I'm just saying? Hallelujah. If you have three friends and all of you are so close, the enemy tries. But does it have to be you? It doesn't have to be you that will break a marriage, break a relationship by a comment, by an utterance. If it's destined to break, let it break through someone. And that's why I usually talk. I don't want to be a king. I don't want to be a king. 
That was what David said. He was tempted. He was supposed to kill Saul. His men told him that this guy had been trying to kill. David just said, I see, he said, it is written in the word. He said, wickedness will kill the wicked one day. He said, but I am not the one to execute that. Because if you do, something's going to happen. That was why his son Absalom couldn't kill him. Because he never sowed that seed. Never sow a seed of harvest that you don't want. Because you are not in a relationship, don't bow down to your friend who has gone into a relationship. Never sow a seed of harvest that you don't have, that you don't want. David refused bluntly till the last moment to kill him. Killed him. David would have held, he would have carried that guilt forever if he did it himself. But if Philistine had no conscience, they killed the guy. Or he fell on his own sword when the battle was too much for him. But David just calculated himself out of it. When he wanted to kill this guy also, by uh, uh, Abigail's husband, Nabal, Nabal, that stupid guy. And the wife begged him. And David said, thank you for saving me from blood. He said, if I kill your husband and I become a kid, I will remember forever and blood will be in my hands. As soon as he repented that day, the following morning, God himself killed Nabal. This is what it's amazing. When people think they are in the place to correct, to judge, to do everything. I am not God. So I don't have to be there making noise on somebody doing something wrong. I think God can see him and he has not told me to help him out. Are you with me? Just give God praise. Have you prayed this morning? Oh Lord, thank you for opening our eyes. May the Lord bless you. I pray that light will shine more and more on your paths. That you will see what is coded, what is codedly written about you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Is someone blessed this morning? Shout a living amen. Pray for light every day. Holy, 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 holy are you, Lord. Holy, 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 holy are you, Lord. We bless your name, we bless your name. You are the air I breathe. Oh Lord, you are. You are the air I breathe. Oh Lord, you are. You are the song I sing. Jesus, you are. You are the song I sing. Oh Lord, you are. You are the word I speak, oh Lord. You are, you are the word, oh Lord, oh Lord, you are. I see there are people listening to me this morning. Just like the portal declared that I mentioned, the Lord is remoting your life and something new is coming into your life i perceive that there are ladies here this morning you have made mistakes some major mistakes i also perceive that most of them have to do with relationship but the lord will have me tell you this morning i will help you oh lift up your hands and just thank god I cannot ask these people to come out and say their story, but they know what I'm talking about. 
because I see it in my spirit. For the Lord to have said he will help you, it means that things will change in a dramatic way. You made some wrong choices and you are suffering the consequence of those choices right now. The Lord said it will help you. It will help you. I also see wasted years being restored. Those who should have done some things and you are far behind. It is the Lord that, that is, that was, and that is to come. It can update you. It can update you. It can carry you from where you are and place you where you ought to be. So that your speed will start from there. There is restoration. Oh, we give you praise. We worship you. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. You are healed in Jesus' name. You are strengthened in the name of Jesus Christ. You are marvelously helped in the name of Jesus Christ. This week will surpass all the previous weeks. Grace is on you. Mercy will speak for you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.